Hello and welcome to The Ways of YA, a podcast focused on young adult literacy brought to you by the Ocean County Library's Teen Literacy Workgroup. My name is Sarah. I'm the branch manager at Weartown. Joining me today, we have Colleen and Lacey and Summer and LBI. In today's episode, we will be discussing fantasy. It remains a pervasive and influential genre throughout children's, young adult, and adult literature. Its appeal is simple. The magic, the supernatural, the world's not like our own. And yet the stories can be quite complex. Today, we are going to discuss some recent fantasy trends and our latest favorite reads. Starting off, what is the book that you feel like first really got you guys into the fantasy genre? So I was trying to think of what I read as like a really young child that was fantasy. And the only thing I could think of was Goosebumps, because even though it's horror, it still had like fantasy elements. Yeah, like paranormal is like the mix of like horror and fantasy. Yeah. So I guess it's the paranormal appeal that I had really young. And I read all like, because I was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I think this is every single podcast I talk about Buffy. Um, And I read all of those little novels that they had. That was what most of my reading as like a 12, 13, 14 year old was. That just set me on my journey, I guess. I got into Buffy too as a teenager. You must be in the same podcast as me. I can't remember exactly, but I also always end up talking about (laughs) Buffy. (laughs) It's so important. Yes. Yeah, I think I also got into fantasy pretty early. I wasn't a huge Buffy fan. Sorry, but I remember very distinctly when I was in second grade, my teacher had in like the free reading section, The Hobbit by Tolkien. And I picked it up and I read it. And from then I was completely enamored. I was like, this is like nothing I've ever read before. It was so magical and so much and so all encompassing. And after that, I went on a full Lord of the Rings binge. And I think that's where not only my love for fantasy started, but my love for high fantasy started. Yeah. My God, you read that early. Yeah. I just, I think what attracted me to the book was that it was different. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm glad that I did because now I'm, I'm still to this day a huge Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't read them until I was in my teens when the movies were coming out. No, and I, I slogged through those and then read the, and actually then read The Hobbit after that and thought The Hobbit was just so superior and just a better story. Yeah, I guess Lord of the Rings was probably a lot of people's because I was going to say, like, I was trying to think about my intro into fantasy. And before I even read the Lord of the Rings books later in life, it was one of those movies that was always on in my house because my dad's a huge Lord of the Rings fan, which made me be one later in life. Like my wedding was Lord of the Rings themed. Ah, um, that's awesome. <laughs> and, um, but I was trying to think of like a book and I feel like the earliest one I can remember is a book I got from the library called Vampire Island by Adele Griffin which we no longer have in the system I checked. It's about these three vampire children. It's a vampire family that live in like New York and they're just dealing with kid stuff. Like each one of them is like the black sheep and one of them is a teenager going through teenager stuff, but they happen to be vampires, but they're more like fruit bats because they only eat like fruit and vegetables. Like that's their thing. (laughs) I, I loved vampires from a very early age, obviously. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then I was thinking another series that I really liked in middle school was The Sisters Grimm by oh. Michael Buckley, which is You're so making good. me feel very, very old right now. I must and, say, Summer. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. But um, and that one's like really dark and very supernatural as well. For anyone who doesn't know, who's listening, it's about these 
two young girls who realize that they are the descendants of the Brothers Grimm and that all of these fairy tale stories are actually documentations of actual events that may have been changed or watered down for the public, but the fairy tale creatures are very real and very dangerous and they have to kind of control them in this small town. So that is a great middle grade series. I'm always trying to think of them and put them in my back pocket to remember because middle grade is really difficult. I reread the first one as an adult like last year and it held up. It was still really good. Okay. Maybe I can give that a whirl. That's always great when you go back and you're like, is it just nostalgia glasses or is that actually good? And you do get the satisfaction of learning that it was just actually really that good. It was like nothing I'd ever read before. I remember thinking like what you said about The Hobbit. Like I was just like mind blown. Like even the fact that it wasn't just fairy tale characters that were real, but nursery rhyme characters and Shakespearean characters. Oh, that is super fun. Like we talked about the past and how that kind of shaped where our love of fantasy came in. So now in the present, what are some of our favorite YA fantasy books or authors that we have now? Just for the schmaltz and the soap opera-ness of it. I love Cassandra Clare. And like, it's like, we can make fun of her writing like all all day long. But like, I love, I go back to her. I read every single one of her books. Because there's going to be a crazy twist. There's going to be a crazy love story. There's going to be so a, a really different cast of characters. There can be every everybody from any kind of life is going to be in there, and it's just so much fun to read. So I love all of her books, like the Mortal Instruments, the Infernal Devices, even the new one set in Victoria and England. Like when there's a new book out, it could be a thousand pages. I'm going to read it. <laughs> Actually, that her, I saw this TikTok once that was like, "Shout out to the librarian that gave me the Mortal Instruments books when I was 13." <laughs> And that was really nice. <laughs> that was you, yeah, Colleen. Yeah, great. <laughs> it was probably me, like, read this. And then I also really love, uh, like, more in a more serious fan, like a really super romantic fantasy. I love um, Cinda Williams-Chima, her um, series. And I love Melina Marquetta's Lumetaire Chronicles. That's, like, my all-time favorite, like, trilogy. Oh, oh. I think oh, about um, that all the time. The, are you talking about The Winter's Promise? The first one's called Finnegan of the Rock. Oh, I think I misheard you when you said the author's name. It's Melina Marquetta. She's an Australian author. And she writes some fantasy, but she also writes contemporary fiction. It's heart-wrenching. If you want to, like, a fantasy that you're going to cry over, <laughs> Melina Marquetta's for you. It's just so wonderful. I guess I can write that down. I feel like people, um, every book I read winds up making me cry. Always. <laughs> it doesn't need to try hard. I'm a big yeah. cry baby when it comes to reading. Um of me, I'd say that my favorite, especially my recent favorites, I've been really, really loving everything that uh, Leigh Bardigo came out with. And of course, uh, that Six of Crows, Shadow and Bone was turned into oh, the yes. Netflix ser- series, uh, The Grishaverse. And um, the Netflix show, I honestly thought was so much fun. I know that like they really took leeway with the book yeah. and everything and changing things as they always do. But I think as my, I've learned to separate the two. Yes, it can be very difficult. We should do actually do a podcast on like <laughs> adaptations of YA books that we've hated and loved. <laughs> but like, I like that what they did with the, because they kept true to the characters there mm-hmm. and they just gave them a new story. And I think that's what did really well with this, with the um, TV show. I think that's a really good point. And what, because when you read a book, what do you, what you fall in love with is the world and the characters generally. And um, you can take some leeway really with the plot as long as the characters remain true to themselves. Because um, I think you see people getting upset over adaptations when 
it is the characters that are being changed or they're making decisions that the characters usually wouldn't make. Yeah, um, I agree. One of um, my all-time favorite YA authors is actually one that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, which I find strange because I would associate her style with people who like Leigh Bardugo or Sarah J. Mass would like her books, but I don't really hear her talk about them. Her name um, Lainey Taylor. Oh, um, love her. Oh, well, she oh, every, read every single thing she's ever written. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Well, then I, I stand corrected. <laughs> but um, I think I, I do agree, though. I don't think she's as well known as the yeah. others. So her first series came out, I feel like, before it was the Daughter of Smoke and Bone series. Mm-hmm. And what I say is that the title trend of the blank of blank and blank. She was one of the first people to do that. Yeah, I think I it really did kind of start back then. And that, and that was, a, that's pretty old, that book Yeah, now. that was like early 2000s. That trilogy is amazing. And then her duology, Strange the Dreamer, is also amazing. Oh, and so it made me, wow. I, I love it. I love a duology as well. And then she has another series called The Fairies of Dream Dark. I've only read the first one, but the second one I think is out of print because you can't find it anywhere, even on Amazon. Like you can't. Oh my get gosh, it. that's so sad. Um, but the book doesn't end on a cliffhanger or anything. It can be read as a standalone, uh, and she's working on a secret book. And I'm on her Instagram, and she's working on a secret book. I don't know what it is. And I'm oh my god, so very- excited! <laughs> Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. When Strange the Dreamer came out, it was like this monster of a book. It was so, so good. And I like I listened to a lot of my books in the past five years. I'm like an audiobook listener anymore. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, what is happening? Because it's such a strange world. Like it's there's nothing that I could recognize as from our world. It was crazy. Yeah. But it was so interesting. It, they, well, they had me because he was working in a library. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah, any so, book with right the library, any book with <laughs> yeah. a library and character, I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, so but that, oh my God, that is, and I really appreciated that it was a duology because the books were really thick. So I'm like, I yeah. don't know if I could have done a third one. And I just feel like, again, like her her writing and her world and the magic she creates is like nothing I've ever read before. It's like so unique. Yeah. Um, but, but my other favorite, this is like the, some of the, a couple of the authors that like I will read anything they put out is a Holly Black. Yes. He loved Spiderwood Chronicles when I was a kid. And then her uh, Wicked, sorry, her Folk of the Air series mm-hmm. and girl friends was amazing so romantic yeah romantic in an interesting way yeah yeah <laughs> and um i have a couple other of her books i want to read like she also has a vampire book the coldest girl in cold's town that's that very good read. it's um really weird i remember listening to that as i was walking around like when i lived in edison i had a very distinct memory of li- a- it was just so creepy and cool and awesome that's, yeah, a, was, that's a great I vampire book we'll read any vampire books i have a in my personal library at home i have one bookshelf that's just dedicated to vampire books oh that would be fun to organize my shelf by like fantasy genre or like supernatural or like monster genre yeah it depends on like if you have a lot of one thing yeah <laughs> and i have a lot of vampire books yeah so Summer, a lot I'm of why the vibe that you're into the paranormal type uh, vampire fantasy. And um, I think, as I mentioned before, I prefer like the high fantasy, although I will sometimes stray outside of that. Um, and how about you, Colleen? I will read everything and anything that is fantasy. So I, but I do particularly really love high fantasy as well. But I find I'm reading more adult high fantasy than um, YA, even though yeah. there is some, there's a lot. But um, sometimes it's like the adult is just, and I love YA so much, but Occasionally, there'll be like an adult book. I'm like, oh, this is just superior to anything I've ever read. That was YA. I do. I do like high fantasy. I do think I probably read more 
or lean more towards like urban fantasy or I like when it's like our world, but a little different. Mm -hmm. But I do like our fantasy. Like I do like A Court of Thrones and Roses. Mm -hmm. And I love Lord of the Rings, as I said. I'm blanking, but I'm sure there oh, are I have a whole, I have a whole high fantasy um, sub-genre in my Goodreads. Let me pick on that. But it's probably mostly like adult. I think it's, for me, one of those things that I never realized it until I sat down and actually analyzed it. I do read the occasional urban fantasy, but when I look at my Goodreads, like you said before, it's just, and I look at the fantasy genre, it's a massive amount of high fantasy and then like a smattering of urban fantasy, um, as Summer was saying, like when it like takes place in our world, more so in, I think like the opposite of you, Colleen, more so in adult, I'm into an urban fantasy. Okay. But in yeah, YA, a I'm like, give me the high fantasy. Like, let's go all out. I want fairies. <laughs> well, that's what I like about Cassandra Clare's all of her books, because it, it, they're like in Hyde Park fighting demons, but there's normal people walking around like, what's going on? So like, I think it's kind of fun to see like they have to try to hide their whole universe. And yeah. it's kind of fun that way. Like, oh, we Holly can't get Black caught doing magic. <laughs> Holly Black too. I like her. Um, well, there's her The Folk of the Air and then there's also her modern fairy tale series and her standalone The Darkest Part of the Forest, which are all in the same universe. Yeah. And I like how she interprets fairy, like fairy as its own world kind of like they were here for a long time. They have existed in the world forever, but they had to adapt because of how humans have taken over the world. And they still have their own sets of rules and courts and intrigue, but it's evolved because of huma how humanity's evolved. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. And I think that's what we like about vampires and fairies, how they're like eternal and ageless. Like, this, oh, the queen of the fairies has been around for 2000 years. It's just like... So I wish I could live that long. It's just like something like that we humans strive. We never want our lives to end and to be immortal would be really awesome. I think absolutely there's like this appeal, especially because you learn about these things as very, very young children. So it's interesting to see these ideas kind of grow and also be used in different ways because as young children, you're introduced to fairies, say, for example, as like Tinkerbell. And uh, vampires as like, oh, Dracula or something like that. And um, as you grow these ideas, you start to wonder if these ideas are more complex. And as they become more complex, there's like this element of more intrigue. And that makes it so much more interesting in the YA and in the adult genre. And on that note, also about fairies, I heard somebody brought this up before, and I don't know who. We do kind of need to figure out how to spell it collectively yeah. <laughs> as a genre yeah <laughs> and do we say fairies or do you say fairy or the fae or like it's, there's so I many words they, i think there's i think there's from for interpretation i don't agree with f-a-i-r-y very much because it sounds too much like our western interpretation of fairies but i like any other spelling yeah <laughs> it's not that one i think i agree and it's like that's like how we thought of tinkerbell as that fairy like this yeah. little, little thing, but think, they're really not. <laughs> and I think it's that the like the beings are fairies, but the world they inhabit is fairy. Yeah. We can have a whole podcast on fairy books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, another kind of genre is the twisted fairy tales mm -hmm. or... Um, so many. 
Yeah, exactly. Like for example, I read recently Gilded by Marissa Meyer. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the twist. Another fate love Marissa Which you caught me halfway through it. I was like, stop, I need to spoil it for myself. I Googled the story of Rumple Silskin. And um you I don't know why that was gonna help me. Like she was gonna switch <laughs> the original plot. You never read the Rumple Stiltskin fairy tale? I did, but I was very young, so I really did. It's remember. really creepy. So I can imagine you maybe you blocked it out of your mind. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I, loved, so, I loved the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa mm-hmm, Meyer. Oh, mm-hmm. Love Lunar Chronicles. I was a little disappointed with Gilded because everything else she's written, I've loved. I'm going to read the second one if there is a, there's a second one, right? I certainly or hope so because it ended on a cliffhanger. It ended on a cliffhanger. I didn't think it was going to be part of a series, but then mm-hmm. it ended like that. So I'm still going to read it because I still do like her, but I just hope it's a little better mm-hmm. than that because I only gave that like a three. When normally I'm like yeah, I would say it was her. kind of run in the mill. But I still wound up enjoying it. And I was as well as you taken by surprise when the book finished. Or rather, I looked at my audiobook and it said 30 minutes left. And Can't I was like, possibly oh, finish no. in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that sinking feeling when you're like, wait, why is there such short time left? What's happening? Yes. Yeah, I thought that Gilda's was going to be like just a one-off, but I guess not. And on that note, I want to ask, do you guys prefer a very long series, a trilogy, a duology, or a standalone in your fantasy? Or do you have a preference? I have a lot of opinions on this. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I really loved a series. Mm-hmm. And now, like, as I get older, like, I, I don't remember if this book came out a year or two years ago. I don't remember what happened. So now I have to try to figure out what happened so I can read the next one. And it's very mm-hmm. frustrating for me. Whereas when I was young, I could binge everything. So I'm tr- I try not to start a book if I know it's a series until like they're all out. Mm. So I'm like waiting to read Victoria Aviard's Realm Breaker because I don't want to read it and then forget. But like, <laughs> I don't know when the other ones are coming out. So like that's on my list to read, but I haven't done it yet. So like I, yeah. I'm liking like one-offs lately. Yeah, I really like a standalone because it's kind of refreshing because I, I, I know that everything's going to be wrapped up by the time I finish it. But like I said, I also love a duology like Strange the Dreamer. And another duology that I read last this year that was amazing was The Sands of Arawaya. Um, the first one is We Hunt the Flame. Oh, yes. I haven't read the seg- second one yet. It's so good. That series, like, chef's kiss. It was amazing. And the Yeah, that first coming, book was great. And the author's coming out with a new book. I don't know when, but it's called, like, Vampires in the Tea Room or something. Oh, that's, like, it, written for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's vampires, and it's, I think she said it's going to have, like, mafia elements, like, kind of, like, Peaky Blinders and vampires, and I don't know. That sounds cool. I'm like, yes, yeah, actually, right. duologies are really, like, happening right now, like, yeah, which is kind of cool because you get to do instead of having maybe a thousand page book, you'll do like two five hundred. So and it's not quite like as daunting as a trilogy or series, mm-hmm. but you get to tell a bigger story. Yeah. So I'm not going to stand out from you guys. Same thing. I generally prefer standalones, although, again, I remember as a kid very much. I would easily love to take on a series because I wanted more and more and more. I do think part of that also feeds into the nature of um, my job and maybe your guys' jobs as well, because we're trying to read so many different authors over so many different mm-hmm. genres and so many different age groups. Um, you really feel like, oh gosh, I don't have time for a whole series because you're really trying to get that variety. So mm-hmm. um, like a monster, I very often only read the first book in a series and I'm like, oh, that's nice. And that's it. I stopped there. Um, and oh my gosh. I'm super, super in love with it. For example, one book that I know I'm keeping tabs on to come back to later um, that also did the surprise were actually a duology 
uh, was Beast of Prey by Ayana Gray. Um, okay, I've been meaning to read that. That was good. I cannot recommend it enough. A pan-African fantasy story that happens where they have to go into the woods. This is nice, like kind of different system of magic. It's very different from what you uh, usually experience with some elements of the same thing, I would say. Like the main character still gives gives off the same main character vibe that we get Mm -hmm. from a lot of YA fantasy main characters, but um, in a good way. All the yeah. good parts of it. So that's one that I definitely will be keeping tabs on. But I would say very rarely, most of the time, I just drop it and I move yeah, on to I the next like, one. I feel like that makes sense. If you weren't in love with it, then you didn't want to put your time and energy into reading the rest of the series because you could find another book that you love even more. Yeah. Yes. I'm all about stopping reading something if it's not engaging to you. I do it all the time. I'm like yeah. I don't have time for this. There's well, millions of books out there. <laughs> One of my favorite podcasts is called Reading Glasses, and they have a catchphrase, which is dump that book. Oh, my gosh. If you don't like it, you're I like, love that. Yeah. No reading. Like, oh, I have to finish it. No, you don't. No reading guilt in this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, another duology that was amazing was The Hazelwood. By oh, Melissa you know Albert. what? I actually did not like that first one, so <gasps> I did not read the second one. I loved so much. How and dare I, you? I could. I was I'm trying kidding. to explain to somebody what I didn't like about it, and I could not grasp my finger. I think I just didn't like the characters. Really? And if I don't like a character, like, like I was saying, okay. I could, I could read terrible written words. But if the character I like, because I used to watch soap operas as a child, I think that's why. Like I watched General Hospital when I was ten years old. So I like, I have my characters I love. So I think that's what did it for me for that one. Okay. So I had was, a book recently. I didn't like the character, The Traitor's Game by Nielsen. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you I agree. The same way. Yes. <laughs> and I loved her other series so much. So I'm yeah. so excited to read that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, like 10 pages awesome in they're already in love. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. Yes. Just, what was that? What was and that? I love a, and love I love an enemies to an enemies to lovers thing. I love that. Yeah. But I think as, too a, much. as an avid romance reader, I think Insta Love can be done if it's done right. Yes. Like it has to be done correctly. <laughs> yeah, I have to believe that these characters could possibly, this can really happen. And I'm mm-hmm. willing to believe that. So if it's done right, I'm on board. But sometimes it's not. Absolutely. And this was an example of it not being done right. So that was disappointing. I read the whole thing because I kept having hope that it was going to get better. It's funny. No, I, I gave up real quick. I'm like, forget this. Don't <laughs> believe it. And that happened to me with Sarah J. Maas's Throne of Glass series. I loved her and the one character from the second book and then they broke up and then all of a sudden in the next one she's dating this other guy I was like no it's like I'm not I don't accept spoilers oh sorry guys um (laughs) yeah no um, names though and then other but I don't know how it ends no idea how it ends because I gave up and there's like six books and I'm like I don't care I don't care I really liked Sarah J Mass's Aquarius of Roses and I read her Crescent City series which is not technically YA and then I put the second one on hold and I started reading it I didn't dislike it. I just think it wasn't the right time for me to be reading it because, first of all, it's a brick. Mm. Second of all, a lot was happening immediately, mm. and I just could not deal with it at the moment, so I might go back to it later, but I don't know. That's totally true. Lot. Sometimes you're not ready for the... I So I went to read the book Serafina by Rachel Hartman when it came... I don't even know when it came out, 10 or 10, some years ago. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't know why everybody's saying this is so great. What's going on? But then I wanted to read the sequel, Tess of the Road. And I'm like, oh, I can't read that until I read, actually finish Serafina. So I went back and read it. And I was like, oh, this book is fantastic. I was like, what the heck was wrong with me? At the age of like 22 or something. Like it yeah, just I, wasn't feeling it at the time. 
I felt the same way about a, a discovery of witches. Like it took me a third time reading it for me to like it. Oh, so should I try again? Because I actually hated that book. Maybe. I think also <laughs> because I started reading it in like the beginning of September. And that's like when the book starts in the beginning of September. So maybe like the fall vibes we'll were on the, point. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I right. um, I want to like The Discovery of Witches and Deborah because I like Deborah Harkness as a person. And then, so I'm like, of course I want to like her writing, but uh, sometimes there's just that divide. So I'll try you need, again. You need, to be, you need to be in the mood for slow-paced fantasy. Yeah. Do you have like a subgenre of fantasy you like? Like romance, horror? You know what? Elves? I, was, I don't know. Oh, elves. I was thinking about this and at first I was saying no. And then just like before the high fantasy, urban fantasy, I looked over my selections and I was like, wow, I read a lot of fantasy horror. I didn't know that yeah. about myself. I would never <laughs> consider myself a horror fan. And then I read recently Within These Wicked Walls by Laura Blackwood. That's kind of horror. That um, sounds familiar. That, why does that sound familiar, that one? I don't think I've read it, but maybe I've just seen it. I, Within These Wicked Walls, it's kind of like about her purging demons from a haunted house. Ooh. And then uh, one of the ones I really liked was The Keeper of the Night by Kylie Lee Baker. And that's um, about her being, she's half Reaper, half Shinigami. Shinigami. And then also Beasts of Prey also had some very like horrific elements within it. And mm. I had to admit, I was like, I guess I have a horror preference. So, yeah, I don't really have a favorite like subgenre of fantasy. I just like so many different things. But I'll read really anything if there's a romance in it. Like, I don't like something purely romance, but if it's a mystery with also a romance, if it's a fantasy with a romance, that just elevates any book to me. And I'm like looking at my all time favorite because I have a favorites list on Goodreads. And besides like Harry Potter, everything has a romance in it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't mind if it's the romance is me and the fantasies around it. I can do either. I don't mind your romance, but I, I don't specifically go seeking it out. And it is important to me when there is a romance that it is believable and engaging. And I guess I'm also biased towards certain types of romances that appeal to me more than others. I, um, <laughs> I am like the opposite. I I love fantasy and I love paranormal books as well. But I also am an, it only started like this past year. I got into romance as a genre and now I am like an avid romance reader. I have such a diverse romance collection in my house right now, but that's more like adult romance, not uh, young adult romance. Although I'm, I also read that. But so I yeah, I'm reading like, a really chick litty book, young adult romance book right now, but I'm loving it because it's just light and fun, and it's like what term. I needed right now in my life. <laughs> I don't like that term chick lit. Like I hear it a lot, and I don't like it because it gives you the idea that because a book is aimed towards women, it's like bad. Yeah, it does have bad connotations. Yeah, so. But um, I go all over the chest of the board. I will read like a bunch of different genres and subgenres. Mm-hmm. That's a non-answer to the question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's good to it's good to have some variety. And um, you were talking about how you really like adults, bullet romance, and I think I was mentioning how I like some things in adult and other things in YA, etc. So when we're moving from YA to adult fantasy, there is some differences and there are some similarities. What are some books that you think blur that line? I have so many for this. Okay. I think for one thing, um, Erin Morgenstern's two books, The Night Circus and The Starless Sea. um, They give, it's all about the vibes for me. (laughs) The vibes give very 
it's reminiscent of YA, but it's like a step above and they're usually longer, but they are definitely accessible if you want to get into adults, but you're not ready for anything too crazy yet. Also, Sean and McGuire's books as well. The Wayward Children series, which I think could be YA, especially because most of the characters are teenagers. And those are very short, too. So if you don't want a honker of a book, those are great. And those are about children that have all fallen through portals into other worlds, like Alice in Wonderland, and they're trying to reacclimate into society. Also, her book, Middle Game, is pretty good. That's like sci-fi fantasy where there's like alchemy and magic and it's an adventure. Anything by Sean McGuire or Aaron Morgenstern, definitely. I was very confused that Every Heart a Doorway was not a YA book. I thought for sure it would be. And when I was reading it, and then I saw that the tag on it that I was adult, I was a little surprised, but it was very pleasant. Um, I, I liked it a lot. Same way, I felt the same way about, there's this book by Catherine Valente called The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland and a Ship of Rome Making. And I thought that would be Jay. I thought that would be like a middle reader, but it's in YA. So it's just interesting yeah. how they decide these things. Yeah. Well, for me, um, Naomi Novak is my favorite like adult fantasy. And some of hers are like, you know, like um, some of them are a little boring, um, like her whole series with dragons. I read her, his, her Majesty's, Dra- his Majesty's Dragon, something like that, um, was a, felt adult to me. But she has these other ones that feel very youthful. Like the, this book, it's called Uprooted. It's like fairy, almost like a fairy tale and like spinning silver. And even like I read oh, my one of my favorite books of the year was The Priory of the Orange Tree, I think mm-hmm. it was called. Super long. Uh-huh. Super, super long. super long, but fantastic. The best book I read that year. And I, and I like, I guess I was, I guess I felt that I understood why it's an adult, but I think that it could be read by people who enjoy young adult mm-hmm. or at least like a transitioning into adult. I think that's so one of those books that I picked up at the wrong spot in my life because I picked it up for like a summer read and I definitely needed something lighter. And then I felt like a bad gay because I couldn't finish it. And <laughs> um, I feel like it's my <laughs> obligation to finish it. I think um, you should read it just because it was fantastic and it had a really wonderful love story. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think I really need to try it again because yeah. um, I did. Otherwise... It is very daunting because it's so big. I yeah. use I actually because I didn't they didn't have an audiobook version of it. I, so I actually read that book. So I was very proud of myself because I can't, so I had it on audiobook and I gave it to my coworker to read. I was like, I love this book. She's like, I can't read that. It's too big. <laughs> Yeah, I think we always think that about big books, but then some of my absolute favorite books have been huge, like The Starless Sea, Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo. Yeah. Oh, that's another Um, one that could be YA, I feel. Strange the Dreamer. Like, they're all huge, especially in hard, like when they came out in hardback, they're huge. But I read those so fast because they were so dang good. And there was, like, in the Priory of the Orange Tree, there's always something happening, and you are invested in every single character. And it's like, oh, so good. I actually am a little sad that's not a series. <laughs> that is a standalone, but another good transition um adult fantasy that I recently read was um For the Wolf by Hannah Wutton, which kind of it's like simultaneously a reimagining of Red Riding Hood and a reimagining of Beauty and the Beast, but the story and the world are very much their own. It's more like hints at the fairy tales. Um, and that's definitely high fantasy, and it was really good. Another one that I would recommend would be uh, V.I. Schwab's Darker Shade of Magic series. Yes. Um, because I felt like that, that had all the elements. It was like upbeat and fast paced and definitely had the intrigue, the mystique, the vibe to be a YA book. And then her other books I really, really love, but 
I don't think those are good transition books. This one definitely, I think, no, yeah, the, is the that right one's series a for little that. bit light. Yeah, a little lighter, even though there's crazy things going on. But um, that was a great series. And she has a new one out. I can't wait to read that one. I have no idea what it's about. I just saw it, the title. I just saw the cover. I didn't read anything about it yet. But I'm like, oh, I have to read that just because it was by her. You're new? How new? It's in my new books section. So it's got to be within three months. Oh, okay. Because The Invisible Life of Abby LaRue is like the newest I knew of, but I haven't read yet. Sarah, would that be a good transition book? No. So that's what I was talking about. Her Darker Shade of Magic series. Yes, absolutely. Abby LaRue. Again, like I, I'm, it's not about the content itself. It's the feel. The feel yeah. of it to me is middle-aged. Yeah, I use the word vibe way too much, but it really is all about the vibes. True, like the mood, like how it like. The ambiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So the mood of it is very, very adult, depressingly adult. So. Oh no. Um, it was a great book. It was wonderful. really good Love it. Love it. Oh, it's called Gallant, the new V.E. Schwab book. Oh, yeah, that's another one that I thought was going to be, I thought they were, because I had the galley of that, and I mean, it's out now, but I have an ARC copy, and I thought they were going to put that in middle reader, but I guess it's YA. Just goes to show you. Yeah, that's why we're not publishers, I guess. We're just trying to be librarians. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Schwab, Naomi Novik, Sean McGuire, Aaron Morgenstern. So have you noticed we've really been talking about women fantasy writers in YA? We haven't thrown out a lot of like men, male names. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A lot of women fantasy uh, writers, a lot of uh, women fantasy main characters. And this is something that I've heard brought up a lot that uh, YA fantasy and YA sci-fi is like a girl's genre because of the proliferation of uh, the female authors and of the female main characters. I don't know exactly why or when that trend started. But it definitely has been something that I see on the shelves, I see in our reading selection. So it can be difficult sometimes if I have somebody that wants to identify with the main character, maybe, and wants to get into fantasy. We don't really have anything, especially in YA. Um, It's more I I see that in adult fantasy. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if it's like a trickle down from the publishing industry. I don't know anything about the publishing industry itself because I don't work in it. But I wonder if it's like easier in some way for men to get published in adult fantasy sci-fi and or harder for women to and therefore easier to access YA fantasy sci-fi in some manner. I don't know why, but maybe that's like a trickle down effect. Or it's like an overcorrection. Like we didn't have as many women writers in the past and women characters. So like, oh, we need we need more of that. But like we don't want more of one thing. We want a variety and we want to hear just because I want to hear this one voice doesn't mean I don't also want to hear a, a man's voice. Yeah. Like, but I was and just I looking think- at my list. So for things I read in my early 20s, there were a lot, a lot more men names there. Like Joseph Delaney has the great Rangers. Is it Ranger? No, that's John Flanagan does Rangers Apprentice. Joseph Delaney does like Spooks Apprentice. So those are like really awesome series for boys. Um, but that was, again, that's like 15 years ago. And like her, I was looking, I see Herbie Brennan in there and like, I don't see those big names currently. Yeah. I was, one of my favorite authors is Neil Gaiman, but I wasn't sure if his books would be a good transition book because a lot of them do have very intense subject matter that does give a more adult vibe. Although he does have several middle grade books, like The Graveyard Book and Coraline. Stardust might give more of a YA yeah. um, vibe, but I, he's one of my favorite authors of all time. 
Oh yeah. Say Stardust or maybe maybe Neverwhere too. Yeah, Neverwhere or even what about an Anansi voice? Oh yeah, Anansi voice maybe. Yeah, or his even his um his Sandman comics as well. I think are very accessible. Yeah, as we talked about, I can think a lot of uh, main male characters and authors in fantasy that are shelved in the adult section, but not so much in the YA section. So that's definitely something to, I guess, be aware of. But a, a yeah. good transitional male author is Brandon Sanderson. I love his YA books. He does science fiction and fantasy. And then his um, high fantasy series. Uh, right now, I'm in the middle of The Way of Kings. And it's just some of the best fantasy I've read since I've read like Game of Thrones like 15 years ago. And it's like phenomenal. Obviously and it's what's it. going to possibly make me finish The Wheel of Time, which oh. I have not. Yeah, I noticed we've been ordering more copies of The Wheel of Time since the show came out, which is exciting. Yeah. I've been watching it a little bit. I like the look of it. It looks really good, but it's only okay. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it gets better. Yeah, and Brandon Anderson definitely has a very interesting magic system. Definitely, I think, set the mold for a hard magic system where there's uh, rules and regulations to everything. While I think a lot more of the time what you see in YA is more of a soft magic system where it's kind of you're making it up as you go along. That's really interesting. And uh, I feel like a lot of times in like adult fantasy, there'll be more, not always, but there'll be more common. You'll see a hard magic system where it's more like that there's a magic, but the magic is very scienced almost in a way where there has to be certain rules, regulations, interactions, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. That's how like Mistborn was. It's like you can deal with all these different elements, but like these people can do specifically this and this and this and this. And the world is already there. It's not like we're experiencing, like a lot of YA, we're experiencing the the world along with the character. Like we experienced Hogwarts for the first time with Harry Potter, but like a lot of adult series, you're just meant to, you're like thrown in and like the character knows about it. The character knows how it works. You're not like learning about it. You have to like kind of learn it by osmosis. By reading yeah, you have it. to you have to pick up through context, and I think that's yeah. what also makes it like a little bit more challenging to get immersed in the world with adult fantasy because it isn't uh, explained to you so much. I have a couple more transition recommendations. I have um, the Library of the Unwritten by A.J. Hackworth, who I think might be non-binary, but I'm not certain. And then, among others, by Joe Walton, which is kind of again about fairies. <sighs> And it's set up boarding school in England. And so that one yes. was really exciting. Oh my God, I haven't read that in so long. I forgot about that book. Yeah. That's and anything one. by Gail Carragher. She does paranormal steampunk fantasy set in Victorian oh, yeah. London. It's incredibly diverse. We have lots of LGBTQ rep. Um, it's very, again, like it's an adult book, but the energy is very fun and raw. Yeah, I was going to say that's really light. Like, and they're, light, fun with, they're like beating people up with their parasols and they're riding on <laughs> air balloons and there's werewolves like running through London and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. And actually, um, a book that I have read with a male main character recently, I read uh, this past year, I think it came out, Witch King. Um, oh, yeah. Why did so, I read that? Yes. So um, I did... I can't say I love, love, loved it, but it was fun and that, um, um, it was different. And uh, that did have a guy main character. I don't know who wrote it, but. Yeah, was that the um, transgender main character as well? I yes. feel like I heard I think okay. so, yes. Yeah, I'm reading a book with um, a transgender vampire librarian, but it's an, oh. adult, it's an adult book. It's called Undead Archives, I think, or no, Undead Collections. That sounds great. Anything with a librarian, as we say. Yes. <laughs> so instead of just looking to read 
the adult fantasy, if somebody was looking to just get into YA fantasy at all, where would you recommend that they start? I would say definitely to stay away from the Meteor series, because I think that this can be a little intimidating when you're like, read this. And oh, if you read this, you're kind of obligated to read the next five ones. Yeah, Maybe go for a standalone. Maybe go for a standalone instead. Like uh, Holly Black's Darker, The Darkest Part of the Forest is a standalone, but it's set in her overall world. So if you like like her her, her reading, yeah. You can go ahead. It's so hard because I, I, my go-to for like young girls that want to get into it is I always give them the, the, um, Cinder, the first Lunar Chronicles book. Because I think it can, it kind of, like you can, if you don't read the rest of it, I guess it's a little sad, but you can kind of just read the one. And I'm like, if you like it, there's more, you know. But it's a really good, fun, awesome, romantic book for younger people. A standalone I really liked recently was, not super recently, but The Gilded Ones by Namina Forna. I like that because it read very fast paced and almost felt like as I was reading it that I was like watching a movie. So um, I think that that was something that was pretty easy to get into and there wasn't too many complicated concepts in it as regarding magic. A book I literally just finished was Alatso. Alatso by Darcy Little Badger. And that is a paranormal fantasy mystery. It's about this girl who um, she's indigenous. Uh, she's Apache, I believe. And her family has this power to connect with the dead, um, mostly through just spirits of animals because ghost spirits are too dangerous. And her cousin passes away, but she thinks it's under mysterious circumstances. And so she's trying to solve his murder uh, with her friends in this town. And it's a really like detailed insight into grief. And you learn a lot about the practices of, of that indigenous people, as well as um it's a like I said, a world where everything's the same, but it's kind of different because paranormal creatures exist in this world and everyone's kind of just aware of it. Mm-hmm. But it's chill. And that was really good. <laughs> and a standalone, as far as I would know. Um, so I was going to say, like, if you're, I, I think it really depends on your collection. If we're talking about, like, as librarians, what do we recommend to people? Like, I have to know what I have here. And so often there's, I have like, oh, I have the second book in the, in the series or like, but I can request it. Like, so it's really hard. So that's why I think my go-to is usually Cinder because it's always there. Mm-hmm. Or like the Ranger's Apprentice for, I was like here. Or like just something that I always have in my branch. Yeah, something that you know is good too. So, and, and also you have to take the person's considerations and what they're into in mind. Twilight's coming back into popularity. Yeah, I love. keeps coming around again. Uh, yeah, I mean, cheesy love story with vampires. I, I loved it when I first read it. I, yeah. I can't lie. Like, <laughs> I kind of think of Twilight as almost a cult classic now, especially with the amount of like memes about it and the fact that most people who read it when they were middle school and high school are now adults. So they kind of look at it with nostalgia glasses. Mm-hmm. And I think all the movies are on Hulu now. I just saw. Are they on Hulu now? They were on Netflix. Yeah, I just saw them on Hulu. Though I do not like the new covers of the Twilight books they just put out. Um, well, I hate it when they put the the movie on it. I liked like the... No, this, they basically did the same thing, but they made the font a lot bigger and it looks awkward. That's weird. I don't know why they did that. But Mm -hmm. any last comments, questions, personal... Can I just do one more shout out to like one of my... Because I was, as I was going through looking for a like standalone that I would recommend. So um, it's by Sabah Tahir. I think that's how we say her name. It's, um, It's a series of four books. And I found that out as I was finishing up the third book and i'm is like it, again i'm like this is not wrapping up is it shatter um, me 
No, it's called An Ember in the Ashes. That's the oh. name of the first book and that's the name of the series. And it's high fantasy. It's in this magic. It's almost it's almost like Ro- Roman times where they're like warriors and like it, there's just a lot going on. Hmm. Um, and the characters are fantastic. And like I cry the whole the whole book, every single book. There's four books. I cried the whole time in all of them. It's just like heartbreaking. But it's one of my favorite um, fantasy like books, series that I've ever read. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Ocean County Library's website for more podcasts and events on our website's calendar of events page. All titles mentioned in today's episode can be found through the Ocean County Library free with your library card. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.